If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all that I possess to the poor and go over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I am nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongdoings. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, there will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and in prophecy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put those childhood ways behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, though we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now... These three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesdays with Watson podcast. Whether you are listening for the first time or you're a regular listener, thank you. Can you guys do me a favor? If you're not following or subscribed to the podcast, do that wherever you're listening. This act of kindness helps the show grow and ensures you always have access to the latest episodes. Today's episode is a solo episode. It is Wednesday, February the 14th. Happy Valentine's Day. Today, we will talk about love, what it is, and what perfect love is. Since we have quite a few new listeners, I will begin sharing parts of my story in upcoming episodes, and this is one of them. But before we jump into today's episode, let me just say that it's going to be scandalous to some of you guys. It is inexplicable to even me, except for Jesus. And so let's jump in to today's episode. 1 John 4, 18 tells us that perfect love casts out fear. The Greek for perfect here is translated as complete in English, and love here is agape love, Of course, we know that there are different types of love, agape love, philos love, and the kind of romantic love that we know. So right now, wherever you are, though, you are already perfectly and completely loved by the God of the universe. You didn't do anything to earn it, and you can't do anything to lose it. God's love, this perfect love, is like gravity. You don't get a choice. You are so dearly loved. I want that to sink into every fiber of your being right now. 
as I think about it, I think about a song by Maverick, Maverick City with a prose that just plays over and over in my mind. I have never been more loved than I am right now. Please take a moment to also let that sink in. You are so very loved. God perfectly and completely loves you. While that may serve to confuse some of you who have been harmed by others, seemingly at the approval of the same God of the universe. These two things are difficult to hold together. I understand that. If that's you, then this episode is for you. Most of the listeners in this podcast struggle with the ills of trauma and its friends, most notably fear. This verse tells us that perfect love casts out fear. It's interesting to me that only the agape love is noted in this passage. But as human beings, we are looking for security and freedom in other people and other things. For those of us in the trauma tribe for which fear rules many of our days, how precious is this promise that agape, perfect, complete love dispels fear. Or as one of my fellow podcasters, Rodney Olson says, it kicks the darkness in the teeth, exposing pure light. I knew I wanted to do a solo episode on this, and I found it lucky that Valentine's Day fell on a Wednesday this year. Just a few days ago, I looked at the date, and my body was commandeered by the memories of February 10th, 2018. It was a beautiful day here in Florida. It's the kind of day that makes us stay here and remember when it's 185 degrees in the summer. I was outside happy and then totally knocked into a different universe when I looked down at my phone and saw the caller ID. My blood immediately ran cold as I just stared at my phone and wondered why she was calling me. I hadn't spoken to her since I left her brother so many years ago. She told me that John had been found dead. And honestly, the rest is a blur for me. The thing that stuck the most for me was that he died alone. And that on that wedding day, where we had 1 Corinthians 13 read, I promised to always be there for him by demonstrating love that did not make a record of wrongdoings. What had I done? Now he was dead and I was navigating emotions I had never felt before. I was confused. My friends were throwing a celebration. Not only did I suffer his hits, slaps, pushes, and verbal abuses for 12 years, the ensuing years after I left him, he remained very dangerous. All of my social media was on lockdown. My mail sent to an address he couldn't trace. Code words with friends if he showed up. My life had been a constant hypervigilance since leaving him in 2007. My physical body responded with relief, with tension releasing from parts of me I didn't even know existed. But my heart, my heart was shattered. Because see, he died alone. He died of a fentanyl overdose. He is, is a statistic. I still can remember that call like it was yesterday. Again, I was back in 1997 on our wedding day where I promised 1 Corinthians love. The thought of him dying alone haunted me and my heart was shattered in millions of pieces. It begged the question for me, did I really love him? Had I kept a record of wrongdoings? Did I share Jesus enough with him? Would he be in heaven? As I remember my wedding day, I couldn't believe that a day that had finally come where someone picked me, finally picked to love, or so I thought. I was 25 years old, and as I stood in front of family, I determined to change. Indeed, 
If I did, he would love me and stop hitting me. That hot day in June began a season of my life that I would not choose, but I would not change. In the ensuing years, all 12 of them, life got dark for me. I soon learned I was not going to earn John's love, and nothing I could do was going to make him stop hitting me. But I loved him. I knew that. And on the day that I found out he died was one of the saddest days of my life. When I got the phone call, I sat in the middle of my dark living room, unable to move, and tears ruled the night. I sent text messages to my friends. John is dead. Those were the only three words that I could utter. As I thought about each of those 12 years we spent together, the good memories seemed to overtake the bad memories. And while I was sad in my deepest parts, I never intended on returning to that marriage. But I did have hope that he would find grace in Jesus, the ultimate picture of love, the perfect kind of love, the love that was available for me on that day as my pain reached the deepest parts of me. I was confused. Shouldn't I be happy? The resounding answer to that is no. I realized that God had gifted me with the understanding that non-agape love like phylos love or the erotic love that we see in romantic love should look like 1 Corinthians 13, and I remained committed to that. When I was in college, a friend of mine asked me to give her one word for love. My answer to her was final. I do not believe that if you love with 1 Corinthians 13 love, you love regardless of how the person has treated you and especially if they have harmed you. The commitment to this permanent love for him confused me and even enraged people around me who love me because all they saw was the monster. And I get that because that's all they showed them. They were the ones picking up pieces from domestic violence as it played out through hospitalizations and horrific PTSD symptoms. But in my heart, I had forgiven him. And that is a story too long to tell here, but I will link that in the show notes. All I knew is that on that day, February 10th, 2018, I felt like I went from a a divorcee to a widow. That is how committed I remained to that day, June 28th, 1997, when he and I stood in front of God and our family and friends and promised 1 Corinthians 13 kind of love. But this man hurt me here at the deepest parts of me, much of which produced health issues that I still still deal with today. And every time one of those reminders comes up, I'm reminded of the grace that God gave me to love him anyway. Doesn't make me a good person. I want to read that again. The grace that God gave me to love him anyway. Because you see, I am just as confused as my friends with my solid commitment and love to John Watson, who is no longer on this planet. I can only know that this was put inside of me by the one who modeled unconditional love for us. What an amazing God that we serve in the sense that he chooses to love us anyway. I could not be more grateful. Not only does he choose to love us anyway, but he chose to come to earth He chose to give his life to remove the barrier between us and the Father. He tore the veil. He chose to love us with perfectly completed agape love. And this is just as mind-blowing to me as my continued love for John Watson is to you. You see, love will change a person. Love and bitterness will clash in the ring, and and we get to choose which of those will win that fight. It may mean we have to stay in the ring for more rounds than we feel that we're capable of. But if I had one word for anyone listening to this that has been harmed, it would be this. If you still feel love for them, it's not only okay, but it is in fact the definition of 1 Corinthians 13 love. Love keeps no records of wrongdoings. 
Many of us at any given time in our lives would hate that verse, but we can't take it out of the Bible. And so we have some decisions to make. Will we acknowledge that love doesn't go away with bad behavior? Because you see, if we didn't love those who harmed us, then it wouldn't hurt us so much and cause so many issues in our lives. We often, though, present in the world angry. And as often has been quoted on this podcast, anger is fear's bodyguard. We must address those fears. And what better way to do that than to lean into the perfect love of Jesus, whose love by very nature dispels fear and replaces it with the peace of the perfectly completed love of Jesus. I can't wait to go to heaven one day. After Jesus, probably one of the first people I will look for is John Watson. My love for him is intact and is as scandalous as that may sound to you. It is a story God chose to tell in my life. And so I was sad again this year when we flipped the calendar again. He was 52 years old, the very age I am right now. His life was cut short by his behaviors and a result of his own trauma. It is not lost on me that John Watson needed to hear what I say to you every time I leave this microphone. Replace John's name with the people that are hurting you that you still love, that you're confused by the fact that you still love them, because John deserved to hear these words too. John Watson, you were seen. John Watson, you were known. John Watson, you were heard. John Watson, you were loved. And John Watson, you were valued. Your poor decisions didn't take that away. We had Stephen Curtis Chapman's song, I Will Be Here, sing at our wedding. I like to think of days like these, even though we are separated by death. I am here for him as I tell you this story. I am so incredibly grateful for the perfect love of Jesus, which radically changed my life and helped me understand 1 Corinthians 13 love. It hurts to love those who hurt us. And for that, we land at the foot of the cross because as I say it all the time on this podcast, We do not serve a high priest who is unfamiliar with our sufferings. The simple fact is, every time we sin against him, he chooses to love us anyway, with perfectly complete love, giving us the ability to cast out all fear that threatens to take us down. Will we choose to lean in to that perfect love? And will we choose to love others, even those who have harmed us, with 1 Corinthians 13 love. I realize this is a challenge to many of you as you listen and you don't understand and you're saying, but Amy, you don't understand. And you're right, I don't. I have not been given the grace to walk your journey, but you have. And I know that God would not put a verse in the Bible or a passage of scripture in the Bible as he did in 1 Corinthians 13 if he didn't give us the ability to live that out. So my encouragement to you on this day that we celebrate love is to lean into the perfect love of Jesus so that you can model it to those around you in a dark world who looks at you and says, why, how can she still, can he still love after all that they've been through? Because the answer to that question, listener, is the completed work of Jesus on the cross. And I do not want to leave this microphone without giving you the opportunity to click on that Contact Amy button. If you want to know Jesus, the star of the story, I would love to introduce you to him because his perfect love for you is completed and you have never been more loved than you are right now. No matter what you're battling, no matter the skeletons in your closet, you are perfectly loved by a perfect God who will help you live out 1 Corinthians 13 love. Happy Valentine's Day, guys. You are seen. You are known. You are heard. 
You are valued. And yes, you are perfectly, completely loved by the God of the universe. Hey guys, I hope that you enjoyed that deeply personal episode. We will be back here in two weeks as we continue our series on faith and trauma. Thank you for listening. And again, if you have not followed or subscribed to the podcast, we would love it if you would do that today. Uh, If you would like to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, we would love to stay connected with you. We also have a Facebook group that has become more uh, like a family, the Wednesdays with Watson podcast Facebook group. All of that information will be in my link tree on the contact, Amy. I will see you guys in two weeks.